independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening. You are listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, Daphne. Daphne is a singer-songwriter who centers her melting pot of folk, jazz, pop, and other styles with her breezy vocals and several albums worth of accessible songs. She's a true professional with a work ethic that gets her scores of gigs while other musicians are still trying to decide which hat to wear to their shows. She's a modern-day Renaissance woman who holds advanced degrees in psychology and chemistry and maintains a rigorous exercise regimen on top of her busy career in music. I'm wondering when she sleeps, if at all. Her musical aspirations brought her from her sleepy hometown of Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, to her new home in Los Angeles, where she fronts a regular band and can be found playing throughout the city. Welcome to Independence Day, Daphne. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really wonderful to see you. It's been a while since I've seen you. It's great to have you here. It's great to have you here with a guitar. How are you today? I'm great. Yeah, are you, are you calm? You seem, you yeah. seem, you can seem kind of, kind of Twitterish. Oh, it's my natural state. It's, you're, you're not, <laughs> it's the exercise, but shouldn't that lower your BMR, your your basic metabolic rate? Should, shouldn't you be so. calmer as a result of of all this exercise? I find if I work out in the morning and yeah. I have several hours between a workout and something I have to do, uh-huh. I am. I, I am calmer, yes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm good. Thank so, you. <laughs> you're very welcome. Again, glad to have you here. The, you know, as I was doing research about you for this show, I learned lots of things, and we're going to learn a lot more about you tonight. And I, I, I guess I, I knew you were a runner, but I didn't know the extent to which you maintain this, like, exercise regimen. Like, you're kind of a badass. Like, you're, you, how, how long a day <laughs> are you exercising or running or working out? And you've got, a, you've got like, a Jedi trainer now on top of it all? Oh, yeah, I have an awesome trainer. I think she's listening. Hi, Cameo. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, um, I, work out, I work out every day. I do yeah. a little bit of something every day. I, my, the main part of my exercise um, regime is cardio. So I do 40 to 60 minutes of cardio a day. Yeah. And now I'm starting to learn, you know, some strength exercises. So I've been working hard on that. And it just it's, it calms me down, and it's my way – it's – it's me time whenever I yeah. work out. Do you and now do you go to like a gym? This like this has nothing to do with music, or maybe it does. Do you go somewhere? or Do you do this in your house? Like a lot I of people like do yoga in front of the VCR or that kind no, of thing. Or the I go DVD to a player. gym. Yeah. I go to a gym, but sometimes I run outdoors. I'd have yeah. a three and a half, four mile loop that I like to do. Very from time nice. To time. Now, yeah. do you find that you know this all this activity like helped you with your music, with your singing? You know, do you? Like, does it help you with your diaphragm placement and things like that? Or, like, how does it affect your music? Or does it? I think it centers me. Yeah. It centers me and it, it, it calms me down. And it's a lot of, I do a lot of thinking, too. Yeah. When I exercise and I process the day. And yeah. It's, it's my way. It's therapy for me. It's like you said when we were, we were setting up, it's like your drug. It is. Like, you know, whereas, like, <laughs> instead of, like, you know, Guns and Roses or it's, like, quarts of Jack Daniels and you know, blow and hookers and things yeah. like that. It's like exercise is the thing for you, it seems. Yeah, there are worse things to be addicted to. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, so, you know, also, like, the other things I learned about you, you're you're like this Renaissance woman where you have, you have a PhD, is that correct? <laughs> you, you you might be the, like, most educated person we've had on the show today. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I, I have a PHD in chemistry. Yeah, Organic and then now, and then that's like your day gig, right? Being like that's your Clark Kent job is being a chemist. Is that? Um, 
I I'm I don't really do chemistry in my position, okay. but I it involves some chemistry. Yeah. Um, and I do work in a chemistry department. <laughs> I, I would say that certainly qualifies. Yeah. It's close enough for me. But yeah. You know, I, I certainly I don't have a PhD in chemistry. I, I you know, I, I know the little. I have a I have a. a what's the, the periodic table? I have yeah. a T-shirt with the periodic table That's on all it. And every need. every time I wear that shirt, people ask me if I, I'm I'm a chemist or something, and I say no. I, I just I'm just kind it's of a science geek. It's never too late, geek. Joe. It's never too late. That's what I say school. to my guests yes. every week. It's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, you know, you've, you've got these, you know, advanced degrees. You, you play music pretty regularly. Like, so those two things kind of like right brain, left brain. I mean, do you favor one over the other? Are these things that like exist in harmony within you? Are, are they ever at odds with one another? Because, you know, I, I know for a fact, like you spend time hanging out at like cinema bar late night, seeing bands play. And, you know, from my own experience, like getting up and trying to do like your Clark Kent job sometimes is, is kind of a pain. It's very like how do, how do you balance it? Well, admittedly, I haven't been going out very much this year. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's just a matter of, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't need very much sleep, or maybe yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't stay out very late these days. Yeah. But, and, you know, and, and from the times that I've seen you out at these places, you're, you're not the person, like, you're not on your 15th uh, Paps Blue Ribbon by the time I see you, like... Oh, maybe s- I have been, no. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I find that hard to believe, no, given no, your diminutive no. stature. No, yeah, I, I try to be careful, and if I'm out, then how much I drink, especially if I have to work the next day, it's so do the, do the people in your Clark Hunt job, do they, do they, like, think it's cool that you're, like, uh, a musician who's playing shows and making albums, or do they think it's kind of weird that you're, like you're still doing it no I get a lot of, I have a lot of support I'm a very supportive yeah. boss and um, co-workers and they're they they're they come to my show sometimes which is wonderful yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah my my I, I call my boss she's my the, the head of my record label <laughs> oh, interesting yeah exactly yeah. that's what I call the the oh, credit she... card company that's what I call chase it's like that's my label these days uh so you're you're we're we're both midwesterners you grew up in lake geneva wisconsin for those of you in our listening audience who got maybe got a d in geography uh lake geneva is just across the illinois border maybe what 10 miles or so if even that far like you know going like right um, in the almost the middle of illinois 10, yeah. yeah just right there yeah. it's like the first city you know you're driving on route 47 and you come straight up from illinois i know this because growing up where i did uh, there's a big outdoor amphitheater called Alpine Valley Music <laughs> Theater just north of uh, Lake Geneva in a place called East Troy, Wisconsin. And it's this huge, they call them sheds, these amphitheaters. It's this huge shed in the middle of nowhere. And it's it's kind of located in the middle of Madison and Milwaukee and Chicago and Rockford. So like all these people, like it's, it's it holds 37,000 people. So like when we were in high school, like Boston played there and Eric Clapton played there and the Grateful Dead played there. So we'd make it mm-hmm. a day trip from, the, we'd drive up and see it. And then I learned um, when we were setting up in here, you've actually never been there. I've never been there. I lived I, I lived a sheltered life growing up. Yeah. <laughs> My parents didn't let me go out or go to concerts. <laughs> How did they let you come to Los Angeles? I got accepted to graduate school. <laughs> yeah, and then so that was that was yeah. like the, the legitimate reason. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's. It, it, I find that very fascinating because I mean, I, I've driven through your town numerous times mm-hmm. on the way to help. And I, can I can I share you a, a funny 
uh, Lake Geneva story. Sure. Like, you must remember, like, when the Grateful Dead especially played there. Oh, yes. The Deadheads would invade they did. the town, you know, and it's it's a pretty peaceable invasion. I mean, it's like patchouli and, mm-hmm. like, stir-fried vegetables and, you know, mm-hmm. grump, you know gruff, scruffy-looking people. And they're they're pretty nice. But I was with my buddy in, like, my mom and dad's family station wagon, like, sitting right on Route 47, like, right before you got into downtown. There's, like, parks all around the lake mm-hmm. right there. And we're sitting at the red light. And this hippie kid walks up and just gets into the back of the, the station wagon, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, we're like 17 or whatever, you know, we've got the car for the day. It's mom's station wagon. Yeah. And, you know, we look back at this guy and he's like, oh, dude, thanks for the ride. We're, you know, I, I need a ride up to the, you know, I need a ride up to the, the, the place, you know, Alpine Valley. And, and what are we going to say? You know, get the hell out of the car. You know, we, we just took it as kind of an adventure, like hoping this guy was peaceable. Again, this is the Grateful Dead. You know, this isn't like Motorhead or right. some crazy band. So we figured right. we were probably okay. So he hops in the car, and then it turns out this guy had dropped out of medical school to follow the dead, like oh, in his last dear. semester. And, you know, and even at that age, you know, my buddy Kirk oh, and I were dear. like, oh, Lord, you know, this is the guy that's in our car now. And then the worst thing of all is right before we got, like, you know, they have, like, checkpoints when you're coming into the, the facility there, the, the mm-hmm. parking lot. And... The, like right before we were pulling into the parking lot, he's like, oh, no, look what's stuck to my shoe. And he pulls off this thing and it's like this big bag of like opium or weed or some kind of thing. And we're like, oh, mother of Christ, you know, now we're going to get somehow wrapped up in this whole thing. And it, we will have you know, the, the guy. You know, How are we going to explain to the cop that he just jumped into our car? You know, 15 minutes prior in Lake Geneva. And luckily, nothing ever became of it. We got there and he hopped out of the car, ran off into his Mary Jerry Bear universe. And that was the end of that. So, sorry, I'm talking too much. This interview is really about you, not about me. But I wanted to share something about your hometown that I think was, for me, a very funny, formative musical experience. Oh, yes. No, that's... I I worked as a waitress at a little place that still exists called the Harbor... It's called the Harborside Cafe and. It was invaded by deadheads and <laughs> so yeah. many fans. It was crazy. We were crazy, crazy, crazy busy. <laughs> were they good tippers? I can't remember. It was yeah. so long ago. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I, I like being from the Midwest, and I've got this theory, and I'm curious to see what you think about it. Like, I think that where you grew up has an effect on your musical development. And wh- what do you think about that? Do you think that's true, not true, or did it affect you growing up in a place like that? I think I think where you grow up does affect how you think musically. Um, I, I grew up, my, both of my parents are Greek, and I grew up listening, of course, to the bands on the radio and on the big police. I was a big police fan and um, Prince. Um, but you get influenced, too, by hanging out with your friends and who they listen to, and then you start listening to, to what your friends' favorite artists are. And, and, and uh, my parents both listened to Greek music. So I listened to a lot of Greek music. It was constantly playing in our household. And I think that affects me as well. Okay. Now, were your, were your parents very musical? Did they, did they play instruments or sing around the house? Or? They sang. My yeah. mom is a great voice, and my dad, he plays the harmonica. Yeah. And they like to sing duets together. Still? <laughs> they do from time to time at dinner parties. So yeah. they're so they're both, both of them are Greek. They're both Greek, both yes. Greek. So you're mm-hmm. like 100%, but you're from uh, the yes. new country. Now, were they born here? Or they... No, they were born in Samos, okay. Greece. So you're like first generation in, on, in, on foot here, on the, on, on the turf. I am, yes. <laughs> 
That's cool, and that that's, that probably had an, ex- an effect on your experience as well, because that's a very very different culture than like you know Absolutely. a lot of your classmates. Because it's and it's fairly you know it's there's a lot of Germans in that part of mm-hmm. part of the world, a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of um, Scandinavians in that part of the world, mm-hmm. the part of Wisconsin. So you know the the polkas. I'm sure you had your fill of polkas growing up. I didn't hear very much polka music. Interesting. But then again, I like I said, I lived a sheltered life. I went to yeah. school. I came home. I went running. I did my homework. Yeah. I played in the band. Just very regimented, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, I saw in your bio, you actually, you, you learned to play bass because you had a crush on a boy. I did. <laughs> and I'm imagining you, for those of you, again, those of us out in the listening audience, if you can't see Daphne, she's, she's very, you're, you're petite. You're, you're a, a small person. And, uh, and I, I'm imagining you, like, playing upright. Like, was this oh, no, bit? it was electric bass. Yeah, cause, but I, I, I'm going to stick with the vision of you playing upright because it's funnier to me. <laughs> did you ever even try an upright? I haven't. I didn't. I have never tried playing yeah. upright. So did you, you started playing the bass. Did it work out with the boy? Like, did you garner his no, attention from no, having done that? No, but I got to learn a new instrument, now, did which you, was way cooler. <laughs> did you play in, like, was this jazz band? Or? I played in a jazz band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... This experience, and you had these Greek parents, and then you know the, the popular music of the time growing up where we did, um, like it all seems to have gotten in there because your music now, as you've been writing, and you've got albums going back about ten years, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Just about you've got four full length records yes. and, and an EP as A well, a little EP, yes, which is like four or five songs, yes, um, and. They're very diverse. There's a lot of different influences from different things. So all that stuff seems to have gotten in there. Can you can you tell me like how how is it that you combined all these different things? Well, I like different kinds of music, but I also it it it's where I was musically at the time too. I mean, I I started playing guitar in 1997, uh-huh. and so I learned how to um, finger pick, and that changed my changed my writing uh-huh. and so then I released my EP uh-huh. and then I, I actually I'm embarrassed to say this I used to listen to there's like a, a country music station in LA uh-huh. that I don't know the name I don't know what dial it is but I used to listen to that a lot when I came out to California uh-huh. and that's when I made my first record yeah so I was in a country music phase and then the second record um, I I hung out with the, well, a couple of my lab mates we formed a band called Stay at Home, uh-huh. and we started playing together. And there were some songs, and we released an EP. And we never released an EP; we recorded one, and it never got released. And I thought, well, why don't I try doing a record at home by myself? Yeah. So that, no, this is the EP we're talking about—the one you did at home. This is the the my first full length. The record first full length, okay. Called Red, and then I, you know, my my playing wasn't that good then, and it just depends on just as I developed. As I, I always strive to get better. And every record, every record I put out, I look at it as, as you know, when you do a master's and you mm-hmm. write a thesis. Right. Or when you graduate from, from high school and you move on to college. So I look at every record as, okay, now the next one, I don't know, the next one I guess will be um, postdoc. <laughs> You're going to pick up the bazooki or, yeah, or bagpipes or something <laughs> maybe. like that. Because maybe. I, I've seen you perform on different instruments. Which one would you consider your principal? Uh, are you right primarily now, a guitar? Yeah, I know you've played keyboards in the past, but you, you played bass to impress the boy. Like, what's, <laughs> what's your principle, you think? Um, right now, it would be the guitar. Yeah. I started out playing piano, and that was my main instrument. Mm-hmm. And then I learned how to play the guitar just so I could 
move on. If I, when I went to graduate school, I could do open mics. Right. It's much more portable. It is more portable. And it's, and I love it. I love it. And there's yeah. so much to learn about it. And, and it's, and if you if you approach it from, you know, the perspective of, of a keyboard player, uh, you know, a pianist, uh, um, it's, it's very different because like there's only one way there's only one key to play any one given note on a piano. Like the A above middle C there's only one place to play that note. Where in a guitar, you can play the same note yeah. in the same octave in multiple places sometimes yeah. and that can be very confusing for someone who's a keyboard player like approaching the guitar that way because it kind of it kind of eats its own tail that way and in the tuning and, and it kind of eats itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so do you find that to be the case? Like what was the most challenging thing about when you started playing guitar approaching it from as a keyboard player? Um Bar chords. Yeah. Bar chords, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not a very good keyboard player. But, um, yeah, bar chords were a challenge for me. And little by little, I got better at it. And I yeah. realized the nice thing with bar chords, as you were, you were just saying, you have you can play an A on several different right. parts of the guitar. You can play the same chord. Yeah. And bar chords are movable. And that completely opens up a whole other door. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, how many songwriters do I know going back where they, they learn just the E-shaped bar chord and they can play all songs, you know, maybe kind of cumber, in a cumbersome fashion, but they can play every chord, every major chord mm-hmm. at that point. Once you learn that one bar chord and can play it anywhere up and down the neck, you've got everything. And it's a great way to learn the fretboard. It is. I have a long way to go when it comes to that, but, but it's a way to learn the board, is learning yeah. all the chords and where they go around over the yeah. guitar and I have my guitar teacher to thank for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. I, I want to hear about that open mic, but first I want to play a little bit of your music. The first thing I think, this is a track that we picked uh, mm-hmm. from the stuff that you sent us. This is the track called Anything at All. This is from your the, the most recent record, which is Sweet That's Time right. that came out just this last year, right? That's right, last October. Last October. Mm-hmm. And you did like a, did you like a, do a big CD bash at the Troubadour or anything like that? No, at the Cinema Bar. Ah, yeah. yes, the Cinema Bar coming <laughs> up again. It, it connects all people in Los Angeles. It does. It's such a wonderful place to play. But anyway, let's, let's get to that music because I want to give people something to chew on. When we come back, we'll come back in just about four minutes or so, and we will talk to you, Daphne, here more. This is Joe Armstrong, and you're listening to Independence Day on Lancer Radio. You can listen to us every Wednesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. You can listen to us on the the actual radio, terrestrial radio. We are uh, 89.1. What the hell are we? 88.9. Man, you'd think I would know this by now. But that's because I don't think anyone's ever listened to the show on the radio. It's all it's all internet. www.lancerradio.com is where our, our legion of fans listens. To those of you listening in the Central Time Zone, thanks for tuning in. We do appreciate it. And this is Daphne on Independence Day.
And that is Daphne, or was Daphne. And Daphne's here with us live in the studio here on Lancer Radio. Good evening, Daphne. Thank you again for coming out tonight. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. That is on her latest record, which is called Sweet Time. came out just late last year, just about six months ago. And that's available, it looks to me like, do you, you sell through your website as well? I do. And it shows, and also it looks to me like you're on you're on CD Baby, you're on Amazon, you're on Napster. You've got it pretty well all the bases covered in terms of modern music commerce. Is that correct? That is correct. And yes. do you, do you like, because I'm on those things too, do you get a check every now and again? Like, it seems to me like I'll... I'll go forever and ever and ever, and then just a check will show up one day. Um, CD Baby yeah. organized all of that for me, so they pay me through my bank account. Yeah, well, I guess that's what deposit. I mean. It's, it's not a li- li- like a literal um, check, but like one day I'll just look in my account and I'll have this deposit. And like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like $20 every six months. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if, we, if we were doing this to get rich, we probably uh, w- we should have stopped a long time ago, it <laughs> oh, seems yes. like to me. <laughs> So what's your, you know, the, the business has changed so much. The way people are consuming music, are you like, are you someone? I mean, do you tr- like? <laughs> it's a funny question. Uh, recouping money that you've spent on making albums, like, do you sell them and then like, kind of like, do you have like like a separate fund that you put that money back in to kind of offset that cost, or like, do you just kind of outlay the cash? And then when you see money, that just becomes then like food money or beer money or whatever. How, how do you go about you like do you have your whole thing set up like its own business or how, how elaborate is it? I have I have a business license mm-hmm. to do to do my music. Um, well, every bit of money that comes in, I use to pay off my credit card <laughs> uh-huh. to make the record. The and label. Then I, and then I, I pay my band if I play with a band, if, I, if my band joins me for a show. So I give them the money. Uh-huh. I basically, if, if we play at a show that pays a certain amount of money, I pay my band first. Yeah. So it just, I just use it to get by, and I mean, I fortunately, I'm fortunate because I have a day job. Um, but it's, 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 it's kind of. What if I get money, I put it towards my music, and I put it towards paying off my credit card because yeah. making records are, is expensive. It's expensive. Yes. So are you, you know, you've got the reg, you've got like a regular band, right? You've had pretty much the same yes, core I, group I of do. guys together for mm-hmm. a while. Now talk a little bit about them. Well, Jeff and Mark have been playing with me the longest and they're both wonderful jazz musicians. Mark Sanfilippo plays drums and Jeff Rockness plays upright bass. And I met them actually was a lucky lucky meeting i met a fellow named dennis sullivan at the bus stop one day and he invited me i told him i was a musician and he said oh this is in westwood and he said come on down to the market and bring your guitar you can play with the band and i thought this is crazy i i i didn't i didn't think he was he was serious but i thought well let me do, let me i go to the market anyway so there's a this big is like farm, a farmer's market a farmer's market in westwood it's no longer where it used to be it was this mm-hmm. big thursday event that you would go down and buy gross, fresh groceries mm-hmm. and the live jazz band there. So I went there and it was Mark on the drums, another bass player, but a fellow named Richard Glazer on, on piano. And that's how I met Mark. And over time, I, I, I met um, Dennis Sullivan introduced me to my bass player as well. And my bass player, Jeff, is good friends with Mark and 
they come as a yeah. team and they're they're wonderful. <laughs> so you've got you've got a regular drummer, a regular bass yes. player. Do you have a regular like? Uh, is there a guitar player in the mix yes, too, I other do. than yourself? I have, I have um, Peter Cavanaugh. Mm-hmm. He's my lead guitar player, and I, he's been playing with me for a couple of years. And what? I'm sorry. What percentage of shows do you do that are solo versus like shows with the band? Well, last year, um, I would say a good. 80% of the shows that I did yeah. with my band. Yeah, that's cool. It makes yeah. it I think it makes it interesting for for a listener. I love, you know, mm-hmm. I, I like playing solo myself, but it's to me it's it's it, as a musician it's less interesting to perform that way because like I'm responsible for everything that mm-hmm. way, not just like showing up and setting up and performing, but like mm-hmm. all the harmonic motion, all the rhythm, all the everything is me and it's kind of exhausting. Like There's I, a lot of I pressure playing yeah. solo. Yeah. I um, I love playing with my band. It's just nice being able to turn around and smile at Mark yeah. or Jeff. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Now tell me, you and, and again, in your bio you talk about how you, you somehow got this, this open mic thing. Was this back in Wisconsin, this, this, this very first open mic where you, you, you didn't have enough songs somehow? Like you, could, you had like five songs or something? And you, oh, you got... it was my first gig in L.A. Uh-huh. Oh, that was out here. I, okay. went, I went to the cat, not the cat club. The Coconut Teaser. Remember uh-huh. the Coconut Teaser on uh-huh. the Sunset? And there was a place called the Crooked Bar. Uh-huh. And they did an open mic there on Mondays. And I snuck out of the lab. And uh-huh. I, I took a cab. <laughs> and I went there on my guitar by myself. And I played. And at the end, I think I remember it was May 10th, 1999. I don't know if that's a Saturday or not. I think it was. It was. A, I know it was a Saturday night, but I think so I remember that was the date. So you're at the date. lab on a Saturday night. What are you doing? At well, home? no, no. May 10th, 1999 was the date of my first gig. So okay. Some, so I, I, it was a Monday night, and I left work around five o'clock, and I took a cab and I went to the. Mm-hmm. Cook, uh, anyway, so I played my set, and then a fellow comes up to me with a card that said this date, May 10th, 1999, at 10 p.m. They wanted me to play a gig. I thought, oh my gosh! I never knew I could get a gig in LA, <laughs> so I yeah. only had about five or six songs. All you and all you were doing was standing at a bus stop initially, right? Or no, that was the farmers market thing. That was how I met. That's how I met my. Oh, my band. I see. It's all coming together now. Yeah. And the picture is forming in my yeah. mind. So I met my band through a fellow named Dennis okay. Sullivan, got and it. I got my first gig by going to an open mic. Got it. And I don't know if I never went to that open mic because I never believed I could play a gig. Mm-hmm. I thought I wasn't good enough. I thought I needed to get better. Mm-hmm. And to have that opportunity, I was. It was just. It was the most exciting thing. Yeah, that but <laughs> but you you didn't have enough material. Is that the case? But no, so you, I didn't. So you I, had to learn like five songs in a week, or like how how did that work out? I, I learned some covers very fast. I think I did. I can't remember what songs I played, but I think one of them was Bobby McGee. Uh huh. <laughs> I played that, um, and I I I had several songs that I yeah. Every five songs, I had to learn. I don't, I don't even remember what songs I, I played now. Yeah. It was well, so long it, it's ago. not terribly important exactly mm-hmm. what songs they were, but you did make the whole, you, you got enough material to do the whole set. I did. And, and all, I, my, all my lab mates and, and co, you know, fellow grad student pals yeah. came out. It cool. was great. <laughs> yeah, people are very supportive. It's funny, like when you're, it's like when you're starting out, people are really supportive. They come to all your shows and then you get to be, kind of a little bit along the way, they kind of throw you to the wolves, you know, it's like you got, but I mean, at that point you have to kind of earn the rest of your audience and kind of draw people in and like build your crowd and whatever that is. Um, 
but like those regular friends, then we were talking about this too. They, they kind of get older and they get babies and jobs and car payments. Right. And then you, you can't get them out on a Tuesday night anymore. You know, it's, it's hard pressed to get them out on a Saturday night. It's hard getting me out on a Tuesday night these days. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that changes, isn't it? Yeah. Staying home is great. I mean, it's, it's, I love going to support my friends. But yeah. It's, it's hard if you work all day. Yeah, it really is. And you come home and you know you have to wake up early the next day. Yeah. It's, and when... Yeah, when we were like 24, like Friday night was like the night to go rage mm-hmm. because it was like, you know, we're all, we've been bottled up all week and now we want to go and, and like play music and, and like go see bands. And yeah. now like after a Friday night, it's like, oh man, you know, there's great bands playing, but. But I wonder if that's changing. Do you, do you think um, the younger generation, do you think they, because with iPhones and yeah. and computers, you can sit and watch things on YouTube yeah. and Hulu and Netflix. Yeah. And maybe people are, I don't know, are people yeah. going out I, less? I don't know. What are, what are the kids doing these days? I don't know. We, maybe we should get some in here and ask them. Yes, that's a great idea. We should. So I'd, uh, I'd like to play a little bit more music. You know, we want to give them, we're going to have you play live here in just a few minutes, but okay. I want to give them, give them another taste from something from Sweet Time, which is that same record that came out in October. This is a song called Floating. And when I was listening to this earlier, it's got kind of a, almost Radiohead-esque kind of like drony thing to it. And it seems like that might have been intentional. I was listening to a lot of Radiohead at the time yeah. when I wrote that song. Are you, was, yeah. are you like an, are you a, uh, the Benz person? Are you an OK Computer person? Or are you like like the other later stuff that's kind of buzzier? I like the Benz, OK Computer, and Pablo Honey. Pablo Honey, of course. Which I, yeah. So those are the records. And In Rainbows, too. Uh-huh. Their latest. Uh, there's, that's second, that's second sec- to latest yeah, now. Yeah, didn't. Th- the one that just came out. I haven't really digested that one yet. but Yeah. Um, they're definitely, I hate to use this pat phrase, but they're definitely pushing the envelope of whatever that is. And I, I, I love I, that band. And I, I like the way that they, <laughs> it's not that they, they're not in like at odds with their audience, but they definitely, they, it seems like they want to challenge their audience, you know, mm-hmm. with whatever they think they are doing. And the audience has responded very favorably. And, you know, they don't have a label. You know, they talk about a band that's really pioneered the new model of distributing music. Yes. You know, what a brilliant idea to release your album and just ask people to pay whatever they want to pay. I mean, that was a, whoever thought that idea up was a was that was a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and the rest of mm-hmm. us are all scrambling around trying to pay off the credit card for making the album three albums ago. <laughs> so anyway, this is the song Floating. This is Daphne. We've got her here live. When we come back from this, we're going to have her play some songs live in the studio. We couldn't be happier to have her here on Independence Day. You can hear us on this show, me and my guest every week, Wednesday nights at 7 on Lancer Radio and uh, streaming live at lancerradio.org. So in the meantime, this week, it's Daphne. This is her song Floating from Sweet Time.
got her here live with us in the studio that is from her 2010 release called uh, I'm sorry called sweet time and uh, you can get that on the internet in lots of different places you can find that on her website as well and we've asked her to bring her guitar into the studio today it's a beautiful uh, is this a this older Martin mid mid how do you know the history of this guitar at all you buy this new I bought it new you bought it new okay it's, it's always good to like put your own mileage on a guitar I think and so you're going to play some songs for us. Is this something new? Is this something from a record? Tell us a little bit about what you're going to play. This is from my latest record, Sweet Time. It's a okay. song called Under the Blue Skies. All right. Well, let's hear it. All right. Sometimes I wish I were out roaming free against my face under the sun I'd run far away swim across the sea find a final resting place for me 
traveling, searching for you. My heart is a rocket. Times I wish it would stop, but then I never find a place to call my home. In the mountains ahead, are calling out to me. Climb up into the sky. That's where I'll be. Very, very pretty. I like that. And the um, you're, you've, you're doing something that a lot of country players use, which is use uh, actual picks that you clip onto your fingers, which not a lot of people use these days. It's kind of a um, it's a very unique sound. It kind of gives you some precision, but a little brighter tone, which actually, if you can't see the guitar, those of you who kind of, we're actually doing some videotaping tonight. Those of you, one of these days, will get the website finished. You'll be able to go and see video of Daphne playing that song. And you can see her awesome guitar, this, this old Martin, this kind of fully mahogany, dark, kind of smaller bodied guitar. Um, but the picks kind of complement, or like they kind of contrast, like the darkness, like the, the warmth of the mahogany, <laughs> and it, it gives it kind of a Nick Drake kind of sound, I think. Oh, I never thought about it that and way. And it didn't occur to me either until as I was listening to it, and I was trying to kind of put myself into a, a trance-like state and enjoy what you were doing. And it's uh, it, it's very Nick Drake, and I like that. I love Nick Drake. I can't get enough of that guy. So very nice. Thank you. <laughs> so tell me when you're when you're writing. Do you, are you the type of person you like, do you just keep a guitar around and pick it up and fiddle with it? Or like, is this something when you're at work, like a little melody lock, lock into your head or like what's, how, how do your seeds of your song start? Well, sometimes I'm more of a melody driven person. So I, I pick up the guitar and just kind of mess around and play around. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, if a chord or a chord sequence inspires me, that can turn into a song. Mm-hmm. 
Sometimes I'm humming a goofy melody, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what chords will go under that melody, and I'll go to the guitar. Yeah. Um, there was a, mom- a time in my life where I would call my cell phone and sing uh-huh. a melody <laughs> through there. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have an idea for a song. I want to write a song about this, and then, you know, and then the, I'll sit down at the guitar, and then sometimes that falls together yeah. nicely. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> how much, um, like, how finished are they when you go to take them to your band? Are you are the songs like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, completely stressed? You know, like completely scratched out, like written down, or do you like do you sometimes take a song in and say, okay, well, I've got this and this, but like you know, I could kind of use some arrangement help with maybe the bridge, or like, like how how fleshed out are your songs when you take them to your band? I. I arrange them. I, I I organize. I write the song, and I think it's pretty much done. Hmm. But when I first take them to my band, I go with an open mind, mm-hmm. and we work through an arrangement with my band. My bass player is very good at that, Jeff Rockness. He's he uh, actually the first the song he played anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I sing a verse, and I, I actually started off with I wrote two verses, and then I went to the chorus. And Jeff suggested go straight to the chorus, uh-huh. you know. So little things like that, or um, so yeah. So I pretty much get them done, as what I call right done enough and seaworthy at least. Yeah, and then we hash out an arrangement, or maybe you know Jeff might say put the or you know my, together with my band we may put the bridge in a different place of the song. Yeah. Do you vary your arrangements like when you play show to show like? Yeah, you know, I always thought it was fun when I was playing pretty regularly. I would, I'd just, I'd kind of go to the guys and say like, "Okay, we're gonna play this particular song, but we're gonna play it in six today," which is something I know. Like, I mean, I didn't like get this from Bob Dylan, but I know Dylan does that all the time. Like, when you play in Dylan's band, you have to be ready for any change to happen at any time. Like, do you do you, are your arrangements once you play them? Are they like because you, you 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 take a lot from the tradition of jazz, which is very free flowing and very you know can tend to change. But what's what's your thoughts on that? We. Actually, now that you said that, I should try that. I've never done that before yeah. <laughs> on stage and say, well, you're going to do this in six. I'm going to try that. That's We we pretty much, we stick to the, the basic yeah. arrangements of the song. Sometimes, you know, we might let a ver, like a solo go a bit longer. Uh-huh. Or if someone sits in, uh-huh. then you have to be, you know, spontaneous, give someone some time to solo and then, okay, do another one, you know, kind of. Yeah. But um, they pretty much are what we... Uh, arrange them to be yeah. at rehearsal. Yeah, and I, I've always enjoyed like taking the songs and like you kind of work up an arrangement, which is kind of like what I would call like the A arrangement, mm-hmm. and then like kind of like smashing it. And like, you know, of course the melody will stay something similar, mm-hmm. but maybe I'll change the key, change the time signature, mm-hmm. uh, change the feels, you know, sw- swing it or not swing it, yeah. switch it to. Uh, just change things. I, I always really like that because then for me, it's it becomes it's a really interesting way to give something new to the audience as well as make it interesting for you to play. Because I mean, you know, by the time I take a song to a band, I might have played it two hundred times. Who yes. knows? Yeah. And you know, that's a way to keep it fresh for everybody. I mean, uh, you know, maybe try that sometime. I don't know. I and think it, I'm going to. It, and it makes your it makes your band like your your band yeah. has fun with it. Like at first they yeah. may hate you, but then after a while they kind of figure out. Well, this is wait, this is cool. 
you know, then they, mm-hmm. they get to have input, you know. It's not just the same thing. I'm, and I'm, I'm in no way insinuating that, that your stuff is the same way every time or that it's bad in any way. But it's, I think it's a really interesting way to, to interact with a live band and an audience as well. So um, you've, you've got the guitar here. Would you play something else for us? Uh, tell us a little bit about what you might be interested in playing and then drop another song for us. Yeah, I'll do a new song. Yeah, Actually, we like new songs. I'm going to do a brand new one. How new? Um, like, has this been performed before or is this like the world premiere? Oh, no. I've I don't think I've played this uh-huh. on the radio before. Okay, so well that's we'll take radio that. debut, um, but it's on YouTube actually. Um, I recorded it at home with my acoustic guitar and my Epiphone Casino. What do you, uh, do you are you a Pro Tools person at home or like a Garage no, Band? No, my, or what my you husband does all the recording. Okay, <laughs> um, but I'm also um, learning how to play the, a thing called the instrument called the mellophonium. So I'm trying to sounds impressive. Yeah, so I added some horn parts to it. But anyway, this song is called Gloomy Day. Okay. Um, and it's about embracing clouds. I love gloomy weather. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is uh, uh, <laughs> Loudon Wainwright's got that song Gray in L.A. talking about how oh, he really okay. likes it when it's gray here because it's, that's yeah. that's the different weather here instead of the other way yeah, around. Yeah, there's some, a level, there's a sense of peace. I don't know. Anyway, it goes like this. <laughs> clouds were here to stay staring at my feet again without a word to say gloomy day gloomy day sometimes i wish that i could drive away to a place where i could disappear for a while somewhere away up the sky and toss my troubles out into the sea a trail long and wide out in the countryside where I could hide among the trees gloomy day gloomy day my feet are dragging and I think I know I could worry and I could cry But perhaps that's all a waste of time Walk away, 
Maybe it's time for something new. Maybe it's time I stop feeling so blue. So blue, so blue. Very nice. Jazzy, folky, breezy. Thank you for playing that song. That's Gloomy Day, correct? Yes. Which has a whole different connotation here in Los Angeles. That's the gloomy days are like kind of like in some ways the happy days because yes. the, you, I have a lot of friends here who get pretty tired of the sunshine. Yes. <laughs> do you get tired of the sunshine? I like the sunshine, actually. Uh, I'm, I I'm with you. I, 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 uh, I moved here for a reason. I pay a lot of money for this weather, and I am damn well going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did get another song, and we, you know, we've got just about, about eight minutes left. So I mean, is, is there something else that you can think of that you would, you'd like to play? I mean, I would love to have you play another song if you would, if you would indulge us. I would love to us. play another song. Okay. Sure. Tell us a little bit about this. Is this new? Is this old? What is this? I'll do another new song. Okay. Uh, this song is – I actually wrote this song for my dad. Okay. And it's called – And he's back in Lake Geneva? He is. Um, it's, uh, it's called The Best That I Can Do. Uh-huh. It has many titles. I haven't quite figured out a title yet. Yeah, so, and before you play this, I mean, these, these new songs that you're playing, I mean, are, you know, I know your record just came out six months ago. I mean, have you thought about starting something new, like laying, laying tracks down? I mean, have you done any demos since then, or are you just kind of still basking in the glow of your last record before you think about that? No, I, I actually haven't had any time to, to, to sit down and write. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I would like to do is take a little bit of a break from performing and and write and practice my horn. <laughs> and, yeah. And I would like to do – I think the next record I do, I want to do an EP. Yeah. And I want to release it digitally. Yeah, so – because a lot of people are talking about doing that these days because yeah. the, the kids aren't buying the records like they used to, the physical product. So yeah. there's no real reason to make a physical product anymore. And I, I will yeah. miss the artwork, but I guess you can just – Make some I might big do a thing short online. run yeah. of some CDs at shows. Um, I think vinyl's the way to go. I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of cost prohibitive, but I, I read this article recently about some musician was making the case that that's the only way to achieve permanence in music anymore is because, you know, if, if someone turns off the big switch and all the electricity is gone, all your digital music is gone that's forever. Right. It never, it's, it will never, you know, you can play the, you mm-hmm. can play the songs, but the, the recordings are gone. But if you make vinyl, you could ostensibly wind up a, a machine that plays it for a, hmm. from a spring, or you could run in a little treadmill or something. But that's the only way to like have your music have any kind of permanence, like in its recorded form. And like I've really embraced that. So um, maybe my next record, I think vinyl's the way to go. That would be plus fun. it's totally cool. Yeah, it would be. That would be. So. And you could have a small number, and it could be limited yeah, edition exactly. vinyl release. So Ooh, that would be fun. So all right, so play us play us another tune before we have to run out of time here, okay. if you would. Okay. If only words could say Just how much you really mean to me I wouldn't have to sit and pray Cause one day soon I'd find my way And as the days go by You told me not to cry If we should ever drift apart 
Very nice, Daphne. Thank you. That was very, very pretty. Thank you. Honestly, I could. I, I aspire to having a daughter as cool as you to write a song as pretty as that for me someday. <laughs> so thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you. And I, I you know, I, we're just about out of time here, but I, I'd just like to thank you so very much for coming out here. I know that I know that you're not a driver. You share something in common with one of my favorite people in the world, Ray Bradbury, to this day. <laughs> Doesn't drive. He's like over 90 years old and has lived in Los Angeles for most of his adult life and has not driven. So thank you for coming all the way out to Pasadena to share this music with us tonight. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. So when people can follow you, they can. You're on. Are you on Twitter? Are you on MySpace? Are you on? Where are you? Where? What's the best place? Um, my website. Uh, it's Daphne.us. And that's D-A-F-N-I. That's right. Dot mm-hmm. U-S. That's the mm-hmm. best place. And we'll have links to that when our, our site is fully complete. I've been saying this every week. Someday we'll have a complete website mm-hmm. and people will have a way to find you <laughs> and like, to see the videos and songs and all that kind of stuff. So, again, thank you very, very much. And if you want to listen to Independence Day any day of the week, you know you can find us on the web, uh, joearmstrong.com slash ID, and that's capital ID for Independence Day. You can follow us on Twitter at Indep Day, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y, or listen to us on Wednesday nights at 7, lancerradio.org. And so next week on Independence Day, we have a special Tuesday edition of Independence Day with guitarist and performer Rick Shea. Rick will join us to talk about his long career wielding his Telecaster, balancing being a frontman and a sideman, as well as his newest record, Shelter Valley Blues. Thanks very much again to Daphne, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski, and to Valentino Rivera and engineers Will Beeston and Jesse Lopez from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Be good to one another.
Nossa 